Blog Talk Radio. There ain't nothing I can do. This episode is sponsored by a licensed real estate producer, Antonio Ball. Antonio is located in Atlanta, Georgia, for all of your real estate needs. Antonio is delivering passionate and personal service to all of his clients, whether you're buying, selling, or investing. Care to get more information about this dynamic realtor in the greater Atlanta area? Please call or email Antonio today at area code 334-462-0806. Again, that's 334 334- Four six two zero eight zero six, or you may also email him at Antonio Ball dot real estate at gmail dot com. Again, Antonio Ball dot real estate at gmail dot com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is me, Micah. (laughs) I'm so very glad that you are able to join us for our annual Continental episode. In just a few moments, we'll actually sit back and talk with the Royal Court of the Continental Patriot System. But before we do, I want to make sure that you all are following us on the various platforms we have. Remember, we have the site that makes it happen each and every episode, and that being blogtalkradio.com. Simply follow the show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash to talk with Micah and to your availability will be all 57 episodes and including tonight's 58 episodes for your listening pleasure. Again, that is blogtalkradio.com forward slash to talk with Micah. Again, blogtalkradio.com forward slash to talk with Micah. Now, we're actually also available on iTunes. That's right, iTunes. And that's easily accessible on your iPhone by clicking the Purple Podcast app. You will click search in the bottom right and then enter the talk with Micah. Once you subscribe for free, you can listen to any episode that you so choose. Now, if you would like to promote your business, your brand, or your next event, please feel free to email us at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. That's thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. And once you email us, we'll go ahead and get you all the information that you'll need to have your business, your brand, or your next event broadcasted on the next show. Well, it's actually time for us to stop and pay a few bills. And once we come back, we will be joined with the Continental Family. So stay tuned. Micah, Micah 
What's up, everybody? This is Craig Stewart. My book's Words Never Spoken and the follow-up, One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure, can be purchased now from my website. That's www.craigtherightersteward.com. Tired of wearing those basic bow ties? <laughs> I'm sure. Get yourself a bow tie, Mike. Some of the finest and custom luxury neckwear you ever see. Visit www.bowtiemike.com. Website launch on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, that is. Let's put an end to those basic bow ties. Hey, everyone. It's Sierra Sunday dropping in to give you guys a brief update about our pageant. It'll be held in Atlanta, Georgia on March 17th, honoring myself, Pierre Ross-Santi, and my queen, Asia Nicole Starr. There also will be a host of performances by many of the formers of Black America Jr., as well as the current National Reigning Corps, Mr. Black America, Darion Davenport, Miss Black America, Dominique Dumois, and Miss Black America Plus, Pebbles. Remember, it's not who we are that makes us symbols of excellence, it's what we do. Hey guys, this is Talia Castellani. The current rating is Black Trans International and the founder of the Say No to Silicon Injections campaign. I started my campaign last year to keep people aware of the dangers of silicon injections. Please, 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 by all means, go to my Facebook page, Say No to Silicon Injections, two being the numeric number, and get as much information as possible. Educate yourself and educate your friends. We should all transition the right way and the healthy way. Thank you. Greetings from Miami, Florida. This is Mr. Continental 2015 Joey Taylor, and you're listening to The Talk with Micah and Friends. gentlemen, your first runner-up tonight is Sasha Valentino. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your winner for 2004 is Erica Andrews. Ladies and gentlemen, your reigning Miss Continental for 2008 loves McDonald's. Nicole Lundgren! 
Ladies and gentlemen, contestants, your new Miss Continental winner 2010, Mocha! Your new Miss Continental, contestant number 37, Alexis Gabrielle Sheridan! And ladies and gentlemen, your new Mr. Continental, Khalil Valentino! And Miss Continental 2014 is contestant number 24, Nature Lopez. And ladies and gentlemen, your newly crowned Miss Continental Plus, Whitney Page. Ladies and gentlemen, your newly crowned Miss Continental Elite. Your new winner for this year is number 13, Brooklyn Heights. And ladies and gentlemen, your newly anointed Mr. Continental for this year is Michael Valentine. Your newly crowned Miss Continental for this year, contestant number four, Tiffany T. Hunter. The thing that I have seen with new eyes is the fact that I saw myself being your next Mr. Continental. The reason why I say that is because for the last seven years, I was competing and doing the things that other people wanted me to do. My first year when Rayshawn won, I came to this competition and I was Antoine Steele. I did jazz dance, I wore formal wear that was my identity. So this year I said, you know what Antoine, you've been in the five, you didn't make the five several years, so you need to go back to being you. And that is exactly what I did. As I got ready this year, I said, I can do this. I can make it. And I can be Mr. Continental and will be Mr. Continental. And I came here and I did everything that I wanted to do. And with those new eyes, I know I see Mr. Continental. And ladies and gentlemen, your new Miss Continental, Giselle Barbie Royale. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. That was just a trip down memory lane as it relates to Continental. But if you just joined us, you've actually joined in at the best possible time. Um, since I started this radio show back in December 2013, you know, I've, I've made it my business to give special recognition to the Continental Pageantry System with a special interview with the reigning court, and this year is no exception. Now, in the past, you know, I've interviewed Khalil Valentino, uh, Nation Lopez, Joey Taylor, Brooklyn Heights, Fahrenheit, 
Michael J. Valentine, as well as Tiffany T. Hunter. I've also interviewed other continental royalty, such as Tommy Ross, Tasha Long, Cezanne, and Mimi Marks. So, of course, I'm excited that tonight I actually have the opportunity to interview the entire court all in one interview, and that's Mr., Miss Plus, and Elite. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome from St. Louis, Missouri, the reigning Mr. Continental, Antoine Steele, from Jacksonville, Florida, now residing in Orlando, Florida, Giselle Barbie Royale, residing in Chicago, Illinois, Miss Continental Plus, Natasha Douglas, and from New Orleans, Louisiana, the reigning Miss Continental Elite, Carol Lynn Fox. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Thank you, Micah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad that each and every one of you were um, able to be a part of tonight's show. Um, Now, before we actually get underway, I want to remind everyone that's listening, as we, you know, are going along with tonight's interview, if you would like to ask a question or provide a comment for the Continental Court, you can actually press number one on your phone if you're listening by phone to get connected to the show. Or if you are streaming live, you can click on the chat icon and ask a question there or provide a comment in the chat room. Um, also, something that I introduced on my last show was the fact that, you know, I am on Facebook, Micah Pierce, M-I-C-A-H-P-I-E-R-C-E. Um, even if you're not my friend, you can still inbox me and I can, you know, I'll read the comment or read the question um, to, the, uh, to the panel or to the Royal Court on tonight. So you have those available options. So you have the chat room, you have, if you're listening, you can press 1 as we're going forth with a call and you have a question or a comment or whatever the case may be, you can press 1 or you can also inbox me on Facebook. Also, um, if you missed the link, um, you can go to the Continental Pageantry System official Facebook page and see the link there as well. So let's go ahead and get um, underway with tonight's chit-chat with the Nentos. Um, so while many may know, you know, who you are and, of course, your current title, Uh, at the same time, may not really know who's behind the title, the crown, and the stash, or even the promo. So I want to start out this chat tonight just getting to know that person, that person that is behind the the title, the crown, and the stash. So in your words, and we'll start with, we'll go from Natasha, Terrell, Giselle, and then Antoine. In your own words, can you just give us a little background on, you know, who you are, where you're from, um, where you currently reside, and just a little bit about your family and your upbringing? Natasha, your first. Yes, Natasha. Natasha. Uh-huh. Hi, everybody. This is Natasha Douglas, Miss Continental Plus. Thank you so much again, Micah, for having me on the show. You're welcome. Um, oh, my gosh, a little bit of the person behind Natasha. Well, um, Natasha is only Natasha probably about 5% of the time. Okay. Natasha <laughs> Douglas lives, lives and works as Joey Keening about 95% of my life. Um. I am a native of Chicago, Illinois. Um, I grew up here. Um, I am one of three children. I have an older sister and a younger sister. Okay. My younger sister lives in uh, Rockford, Illinois. My younger sister lives in Los Angeles. Um, I was brought up by two very loving parents. Um, Not always the most accepting, but very loving and giving. Mm. Uh, You know, the more accepting being my mom, the less accepting being my father, but... You know, we have our differences, and that's okay, and mm-hmm. I respect him for who he is, and um, I'm very grateful for, you know, the privileges and the gifts and the opportunities that he gave me as I grew up. Um, <clears throat> I currently live on the north side of Chicago um, in a two-bedroom apartment with my roommate, Annie, and our four cats. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
um, and I'm a hairdresser at a salon called Solo Salon, which is located in the West Loop, which is um, just a block from where uh, Harpo Studios was, where Oprah filmed for, you know, for all those years. It was actually just torn down recently. And um, believe it or not, McDonald's corporate is moving from the suburbs to that location Mm -hmm. within the next year or so. Um, I've been at that salon for 11 years, 11 wonderful years. Um, Mm -hmm. The owners, Christine and Michael, are like, um, they're like family to me. They have nurtured me and I've, you know, I've grown up there and they've taken care of me and I get, you know, wonderful benefits and, um, and opportunities, you know, for being a small business. And yeah, you know, I'm also, um, something that I haven't talked about in a long time, um, you know, on the personal side of my life is that I've, I've been in recovery for nine years. I'm a little over nine years clean and sober from drugs and alcohol. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, that's something that that's a huge part of my life. When I'm not working, um, Mm -hmm. I'm usually in recovery meetings and spending time with sponsees and fellowship. And when I'm not doing that, I'm cross-dressing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Traveling the country. So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's a little bit about me. I don't want to take up too much time. Is is that enough or would you like? Oh yeah, that's no, that's enough. That's enough. You know, so you're a native Chicago. Of, um, you are one of three uh, children. You have uh, a younger sister, older okay, sister, one in Illinois and in Los Angeles. And then you have your roommate, and you live with your four cats. Uh, <laughs> so I wrote that down. And then you work at a salon, which is wonderful, in the West Loop uh, side of Chicago. In nine years um, recovery, and again, congratulations to you. So thank you. That was a, great. Um, I was um, I, I, I was very. Uh, I want to say inspired, but I, I was I heard had heard about your um, recovery and you talked about it um, before. I don't know where I don't know if it was maybe in, when you did interview one time uh, at Continental Plus. I don't know. I, I don't remember when, but my I, second I, year. Yeah, I, was that the year? Oh, my second one? year in Q and A, I mentioned it. Oh, in Q and A. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I remember hearing it, but I'm glad you you know brought it to the forefront and um, we salute you just for that. So thank you so much. So now we're going to move to. Uh, you're welcome. We're going to move to Terrell. Tara Lynn, if you can, um, I have another name for her. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but uh, Tara Lynn, can you give us? A, can you give us? A, yeah, oh, I, I call her Camille. Camille, we had a um, a bonding experience at Black America a couple years ago, um, and I just fell in love with Tara Lynn, and so 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 happy that um, she was fortunate to win this Continental Elite. But uh, Terrell, um, not Terrell. Carolyn, can you um, give us a little background on, you know, where you're from, where you currently reside, and just a little bit about your family, upbringing, life, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I am the Carolyn Miss Continental Elite, and I am born and raised in New Orleans. I am the oldest of, no, actually, I'm not the oldest. I have two sisters, and um, I have a younger brother. Mm-hmm. I lost a brother in a tragic house fire when my mom was pregnant with me, oh. and I don't remember him because, of course, I was in my mom's womb. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am presently employed at Lowe's as a home decor and paint specialist. Um, I'm a very, very, very simple girl with simple pleasures. You know, there's nothing complex about me. I don't have any pets, but only those pets in my bag, you know, <laughs> like snakes and raccoons and all those kind of critters. Uh-huh. You know, um, um, what else can I say about myself? I am a member of the First Emmanuel Baptist Church, where I'm a member of the praise team. Um, I sing in the choir. Um, I'm also the coordinator for whenever special events occur at my church. I am usually 
the ones who decorate the church for different weddings and special occasions, and you know, that's about it. Okay, and, and how, how did you get into the whole, um, like you say, the decorating and all of that for your church? How did you get into that? Well, actually, before Katrina, I worked for this company, and we used to do um, special events when conventions came into town. When mm-hmm. Katrina came into town, of course, the convention stopped coming to New Orleans, and the company mm-hmm. was very small, so the business had to um, the business had to fold because there were no conventions in town. And so I just picked it up, and, you know, I did a couple of weddings and just, you know, word of mouth, and people saw what I was doing around the church, and, my pastor just appointed me to do that job at around the church. Okay. All right. So you're the um you have two siblings, um two sisters. Oh, no, I have two sisters and a brother. And a brother. Mm-hmm. And a brother. Mm-hmm. And then you're you said you're a very, very simple person. You're a member at the First Emmanuel Church on the praise team, choir, as well as you're decorating. So I like that. Very simple. And and I can I can I'm very simple too, so I can I can relate with you. I don't like to do a lot, be a lot of places despite popular beliefs, despite what people may think. I'm very simple. Um so thank you so very much, Carolyn, for that small little insight about um your upbringing and who you are um and, and what you do on a day to day basis. Appreciate that. Um, now I, you know, my walls are white. I mean like white, white, white. So you know, anytime you come up to New York, you know, New York, New Jersey area, and you would like to <laughs> assist me with painting, you know, that would be lovely. I totally get it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, now we're going to move over to Giselle, Barbie Royale. Um, Giselle's actually been on the show before when she was in Black Universe um, with I'm- her king, Cameron Black. But if you can, give us a little background on where you're from, where you currently reside, and a little bit about your um, upbringing. Thank you, Micah. Um, well, I was just about to say that I was like, oh, my God, I've been on the show once before. Yeah. But um, just to give you a little insight about me, I'm 29 years old, and I've been entertaining since I was 16 years old. Um, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida, and I've been residing in Orlando, Florida for about five and a half years now. Um, I've been employed at the Parliament House Orlando. And like I said, I've been there for almost six years, and um, entertainment is basically a big its a big part of my life. Giselle Barbie Royale is the person that you see on stage, but off stage, um, I'm Giselle Lakeisha Harvey, and I am the oldest of seven. Oh, wow. Okay. Leo. I was born in August, and um, I've been entertaining for, that's all I've ever done really my whole entire life. That's all I really have really cared to do is entertain, even when I was a little child. That's all I really Mm -hmm. did entertain. And um, my mom is um, one of my closest people to me. My family is very accepting of me, very accepting of me, and they're very supportive, and they've always supported me in my pageantry. And... I have a dog, just me and my dog. I live alone in Orlando. And I spend a lot of time with um, myself, my best <laughs> And I love to eat. It, it, I think anyone that follows me on Snapchat and um, Facebook knows that I love to try different foods and I love going to different restaurants and eating. Okay, so good, good. I'm of who I am. Okay. So you started out at about 16 entertaining. You're now 29 years old. 
live in Orlando, Florida currently. You're at the Parliament House. How often um, can people see you um, at the Parliament House every week? Like, how often do you work there? I'm at Parliament House Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. And on um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, our shows start at 10 p.m. and 12 p.m. Now, um, Sundays it's 7 p.m., 10 p.m., and 12 p.m. Oh, wow. And catch myself, Darcel Stevens, Chantel DeMarco, and Sonique. Oh, yeah. See, and see, I have yet to, to catch a, um, a a show at the Parliament House, but hopefully one day I'll be down there. Because my brother, my younger brother, who's a nurse, he uh, lives in Orlando, and um, I need to go visit him. So maybe, you know, he's gay too, so maybe we'll go out and, and enjoy so the Parliament would, House one of these nights. <laughs> it's love to have you. Just let me know, and I'll get you some reserved seats. All right. Thank you so much. And I love Darcel. So, yeah, definitely got to come out there to Florida. Um, and I want to ask you another question. Well, I'll ask, I'll ask you two questions, one of which I'll ask the rest of the, um, the, rest of the title holders. Um, but the first question was, what kind of dog do you have? I have a standard poodle. He is a black standard poodle. He's about 60 pounds. Oh, His wow. Name King. His name is King? His name is King. Okay. And he was born he was born October thirty first, um, of fourteen. Oh. So what so was was that so was that like the week he was born the weekend you gave up the pageant? No, he was born. Yeah, he was yes, he was. He was born he was born the night that I gave up Black Universe. Okay. At one seven PM. Yes, you better you better know the times now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And I'll ask, I'll ask the second question to everyone after um, we hear from Antoine. But thank you so very much, Giselle. I appreciate it. Uh, so, Mr. Antoine Steele, go ahead and give us a little insight on your background, where you're from, where you reside, and a little bit about your family upbringing. Sure. Uh, first, I want to say thank you, Michael, for this opportunity. I am um, really humbled by this opportunity. Um, my name is Antoine Steele once again. I am um, the current Mr. Continental. I'm so honored to be Mr. Continental. Um, it has been a dream of mine for a while now. Um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and that's where I grew up. Um, I grew up to three amazing, strong women, my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt, all three of them who raised me. I didn't have a father figure in the house, um, so my pastor um uh, Wiley Greenlee, who is my pastor now, he was uh, or still is like my father figure. Okay. I grew up in the church, um, singing in the choir all of my life. Um, and what a lot of people don't know about me before getting into entertainment, I wanted to be a track star and go to the Olympics. That was my dream. So all throughout high school, I did the high, I did the um, high hurdles. And I um, did the triple jump, and I went to state in both of them. Um, and once I graduated, I got a scholarship um, as um, high 10 hurdles. I got a scholarship, but somewhere through there, I got into theater. Mm-hmm. And um, that's uh, kind of guess that's where everything kind of started for me as far as entertainment. <clears throat> so um, once I got through with entertainment, then I started traveling and I auditioned for um, Sesame Street Live. And I toured with Sesame Street Live for over 20, 20 something years. Mm. And 
as uh, with Sesame Street Live, I did Cookie Monster, Big Bird, and The Count. Those were just like some of my favorite characters um, that I did. And then I also um, traveled with Barney Live, where I played Barney. And um, now I'm on, I, I see it all the time, I'm on two national and international tours. Um, I'm with Paw Patrol Live, and we've been touring ever since um, Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. And I'm also now on tour as Mr. Continental as well. So it's pretty busy for me. I thank mm-hmm. God for a job right. that um, allows me to do something else that I really love to do. And so that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Good, good, good. So two things, um, and thank you, Antoine, two things, one being the hurdles, and that's something that we share. I ran track for seven years. I did the 110 hurdles and the 400 hurdles. <laughs> um, that, yeah, you know, I'm tall, so I guess that's what they I was not a basketball person, but definitely a hurdle person. So I did that for seven years um, leading up into college or whatever. So um, that's something that we share, that the high hurdles or, or just, you know, doing the hurdles, period. Secondly was the Sesame Street Live. Um, I have to tell the listeners, as, as well as um, Tara Lynn, Giselle, and Natasha, that I was fortunate enough um, to go and see Antoine perform, <laughs> and it was it was actually it was actually December of 2015. Um, it was right before I moved to because um, it's 2017, right? So yeah, it was December 2015. It was right before like I literally moved to the New Jersey, New York area like a week after I saw him in like the Virginia area, and I was so like I was like. You know, he's like, I want to invite you. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go. Now, mind you, I was never a big Sesame Street person at all. Um, I was really never a cartoon person growing up or whatever. But I was like, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing this live or whatever. And I just come from Virginia Beach, and I drove up, and I came to see the show, invited one of my friends. And even though there was a lot of kids there, I really, really enjoyed it. And that's when I still have to say thank you once again for inviting me. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I guess it brought out the kid in me that really never lived. Um, so, so thank you for that, um, for that invitation. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Um, so the, the question I want to ask everyone really quickly and I'll move on is, um, Giselle talked about, you know, eating. She loves to eat or whatever. And I'm sure all of us love to eat. And it, it, it kind of like, <laughs> it kind of like, well, I know I do. It, it kind of like brought, uh, okay. just, a, uh, just a real quick question. Like, what is your favorite food? Like, what is your, what is the food that you just have to have? Um, not necessarily all the time, but you just have to have it maybe a few times out of the year. So I'll go to Carolyn first. What's your favorite food, Carolyn? Oh, my God. My favorite food is a foot-long Southway turkey on wheat. And so how, how often do you have that? I eat that every day. I can eat that just about every day. Oh, really? Day. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Nice. Oh, sub sandwich. Um, and Natasha, sandwich. <laughs> Natasha, what about you? My favorite food is about a 12 to 16 ounce medium cooked ribeye steak. Oh, yeah. Wow. With, yeah, served with uh, steak salt uh-huh. and some grilled asparagus. Uh-huh. It's over. Yeah, and I love my steaks medium too. Some people look at me crazy yeah. and I say, oh, can I have it medium? They'd be like, oh. And I, I can't stand when I'm at the restaurant. They'll say, um, do you know what medium is? I'm like, uh, yeah. I mean, do you really think I don't? I mean, I'm not like a little child here. So, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, it's like, uh, so I like that. Um, and my what favorite. about, what about like you, Antoine? Oh, 
Giselle, what you say? You like your steak what? Medium rare. Oh. <laughs> and they have they have they have one called medium rare plus. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, so uh-uh. And nobody's getting sick off of that. Mm-hmm. Ah. See, I don't eat steak. Uh-uh. I don't eat them. I'm not a much a meat eater either. You know. Yeah. Sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> what What about you? What about you, um, Antoine? What is What's your favorite food? My favorite food is Chinese. I can eat Chinese morning, noon, and night. Matter of fact, I had some Chinese for lunch, and I'm gonna have some leftovers. Once I get off the phone with you guys for dinner. Now, now Chinese food is it, it can be uh, an array of things. So what what of the Chinese category? Like what? Oh, okay. It's it's I'm chicken fried rice. I love chicken fried rice with bean sprout and green peppers. Okay. All right. Nice. And Giselle, even though we know you like your steak medium rare, what's your favorite food? I honestly I I can't specific. <laughs> Food that I, but I, I can say that I do crave Chipotle a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I do crave pickles very often as well. Okay, now with Chipotle, now with Chipotle, do you use the steak? Do you do the um, sofritas? Do you do the the beef? Like what 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 do you do? As far as the meat, yeah. I'll have to take you through my whole order. I Go get ahead. a burrito bowl. Uh huh. <laughs> White rice, uh-huh. cold beans, uh-huh. with um, chicken, with double chicken, uh-huh. and I get mild, medium, and hot. Yes. Lettuce made. I mean, I'm sorry. Lettuce, cheese, sour cream, guacamole, and that's it. Okay, so anyone out there, ah. you know, anyone that goes to Chipotle and would like the Giselle special, she just gave it to you. Um, <laughs> that should just that should be your next order. Come so on, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, thank you so much. So th- th- there's another um, interesting question um, that uh, a lot of people, you know, well, I, I always ask. I don't care if it's a continental interview or if it's just a a one-on-one um, interview, whether it was Tommy, Mimi. Uh, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people, um, but it's very interesting to find out how a person got started in dragon. Sometimes that can be a long, extensive. Mm-hmm. Um, thing or whatever. So if you can, just kind of give me a, a give us a brief synopsis on how that started for you. But um, again, just let us know how you got started in the drag, female impersonation, male lead industry, and um, you know, just tell us how you got started within the art. And do you remember? You can tell us even about your first show if you if you remember that. And I'll, I'll ask Carolyn first, and she's on my on my list here to go first. So Carolyn, how did you guys, How did you well, get started? Actually, um, in drag, as you would say, I was at a party and. Growing up, I was not the most attractive male, mm-hmm. but I was always very feminine. I never was very, very comfortable, you know, as being, presenting myself as male. And so I went to this party, and there was a local hairdresser here in the city. His name was Kenneth Grant, and he used to do makeup and hair for the local New Orleans artist. And he invited us to the party, and when I went to the party, on a good time, I'm just sitting in a corner, just like, I don't really want to be here. And so he saw me sitting in the corner. He said, come here. I want you to follow me. And I said, okay. So he took me to his bathroom, and he sat me on his toilet, and he painted me, and he put this wig on me, and he turned me to the mirror, and I saw myself in the mirror, and I just started crying because I found, I said, oh, my God, there she is. Mm. And I can't remember what year was that. I was maybe like a almost a freshman in college maybe, 
Okay. So I was like 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was my first time ever in drag, and after my first show, I did Diana Ross. I'm coming out, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever year that was, that was my first show, and I don't remember a lot of dates and times because mm-hmm. back then I smoked a lot of weed, so a lot of people <laughs> to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> First time in drag, my first show. Okay, okay. I'm coming out by Diana Ross. That's and right. um, and what what did you say was and the I young hate man? Her today. I hate her today. Oh really? I, I do not <laughs> like. Her. No, I do not like her. I do not like her. Well, 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 you did. Well, I, I would. You you did kind of portray her a little bit at your you know your your talent for Miss Continental Elite. Uh, <laughs> but you so so you gotta like her somewhere. <laughs> She helped you. Uh, it's she helped. Like, the reason why I like her because she makes me money. Oh, uh, okay. Know? But as far as her as an artist, you don't really too much care for her. No, I really don't. No. I got you. No, no. I totally understand. Okay. All right. I'm coming out. Um. So Natasha. Okay. Yeah. You, uh. You know. Tell me about how you got started in the in the industry and and tell me about your first performance. Well, it was I was in high school in the mid '90s, and. Um, I had a, one of my best friends from high school, her name was Sean, and Sean lived with her mother and their roommate, Tim. Tim was not blood-related to them. Um, I think Sean's mother and Tim uh, had gotten connected through their job, through like a restaurant where they served food. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Tim was, I think, he was about 23 or 24 at the time, and I was like 14 or 15 and, you know, discovering who I was as a gay man or boy mm-hmm. in high school. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I would, um, I would sleep over at her house on the weekend sometimes. And Tim did drag. His name was Brittany. And <clears throat> um, I would watch him get ready. And I was glued to him getting ready, the whole process. I mean, he had like a process, you know, the sh- like, you know, the shaving and, you know, the makeup and he would spend all day um, styling a wig and, you know, putting out all the accessories. I mean, it was like, you know, I was so attracted to this process mm-hmm. of, the trans- of the transformation. And um, so, you know, like, and, and I, I was fortunate enough in high school to be part of, um, you know, certain youth groups that were, you know, that were, that were gay, gay youth groups, you know, that were for the ages of like, you know, 14 to 20. Mm-hmm. And it was the mid nineties and it was the mid nineties and it was cool to be gay. And RuPaul had hit the scene, you know, with supermodel. And I eventually, I discovered, I discovered that CD and <laughs> I used to buy all those things. You know, mm-hmm. like I used to buy um, <clears throat> the RuPaul CDs and um, I was addicted to Priscilla queen of the desert, you know? So once, after I met Tim and or in Brittany, I would study Priscilla Queen of the Desert and I would study RuPaul and one day with my friends I went to a wig store and bought a wig and I went to, you know, Walgreens or Target or whatever and I bought all this cheap, cheap makeup, like the wet and wild. And I would I would stay up on the weekends after my family went to bed. And I would watch Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and at the you know the, t- the moments where they were performing or they were out in public in drag, I would pause it, and I would mimic the makeup 
onto myself that I saw in those videos. Mm. That's how I I taught myself how to do makeup. Wow. um, You know, growing up, Growing up at that time, there were also there were also some um, like some banquet halls and some nightclubs that facilitated seventeen and over. And I quote, you know, like uh, parentheses seventeen and over, um, you know, gay 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 nights, you know, for those kids, you know. And then there was like twenty one and over to drinks. And um, <clears throat> the first, well, I, let me back. The first time I ever did drag was was the night before Easter. In 1997, so it's kind of funny thinking about that. There was actually Continental Plus Weekend in 1997. This was before Elite, but it was Continental Plus still. Right. The year that the year that Dina won, and um, that was my Brittany. Brittany had put me out in drag, and we went out to um, you know the Boys Town neighborhood in Chicago, and and didn't end up getting home until like five o'clock in the morning, and I had to be at church with my family the next day. It was horrible. And as they say, you were in full Cleopatra drag. (laughs) Yes. Well, I had all this eyeliner. Just I couldn't figure out how to get off the eyeliner. I was taking like soap to it and water Mm -hmm. to it, and that Mm -hmm. wouldn't work because no, you need to use oil to break it down. Right. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't working. And then um, that was my first time in drag. And then at one of those nightclubs, like probably like six or seven months later, um, you know, it was a Thursday night. I did. I did a show for the first time. I think it was the summer of 1998 or 1999 it was the first time I performed, and I did um, Mariah Carey. I think it was Dream Lover. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I got into it, and it just kind of it kind of snowballed from there. You know, growing up in Chicago, you know, which is the hub of Continental. Right. I eventually, I eventually found out about the Baton. And, um, you know, at that time, I was, I was a little bit too young to get in, you know, mm-hmm. but I would go down there and I would hang out. I would hang out outside of the baton and meet some of the queens, um, you know, outside, you know, just on the sidewalk and talk to them a little bit. And, wow. and that's when I heard about that's what I heard about Continental and one of the doormen, Christopher, who still mm-hmm. works there to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind enough to hand me a few programs. Oh, you know, yeah, so I had some programs, you know, from back in the 90s, and I also bought the VHS of Terry Williams winning in 1999, and that's how I started learning about Continental. So it's actually been a dream of mine since I was about 18 or 19 years old. Wow. I'm 36 now. So, mm. so real quick question, do you, um, do you ever perform any type of uh, RuPaul or Priscilla, you said Queen of the Desert, do you perform her now? Uh-huh. Do you perform... Either one of them now? RuPaul? Yeah, like it's, it's some of the shows that I do, you know, the local shows or or um, or whatnot. I'll do, I'll perform like supermodels. I don't mm-hmm. really perform a lot of RuPaul's other songs. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but uh, supermodel I, I've performed. And Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, they don't, I mean, like. They probably don't even know who she is. <laughs> no, that's the movie. You never oh, seen okay. The Desert Boo Boo? No, I've never seen it. That's that, Australian, yeah, that, was... that's that Australian movie about those three queens that traveled across the desert oh. to perform at this resort. Oh, never heard. Oh, my God. Oh. I, well, I have There's a music. Hello. There's a Broadway musical about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just like I, I, didn't, I didn't hear about um, Torch Song Trilogy until – uh, Quentin performed it, and then I, I literally, I was sitting by Tommy. We were at the, um, at the prelim night. I'd seen someone perform it before, 
and um, on uh, I think it was Al Milan at, at Universe one one time, but I really didn't too much care, or, you know, wanted to know who it was. But then I was sitting there, I was talking to Tommy. We were at the, I was like, Auntie, like this, where, what is this song? I mean, what is this movie or whatever? Where does it come from? She told me, and so right there, I ordered it on um, I think Amazon. So it came, and my you know my fiance can tell you like I watched it literally probably like five or six times like in a matter of that week. Amazing. So I'm so yeah, it's an amazing movie. So I'm still so I'm gonna now I have another one to watch. For um Priscilla Queen of the Yes, I'll pull it up on my fire stick. <laughs> it's a staple. Yeah, it's definitely that's definitely a staple in in gay film history. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean that you know that C C Peniston finally is in that movie and I remember oh. that a lot. Okay, cool. Yeah, now I do know who C C yeah. Peniston is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do know who she is. <laughs> I'm not that young. Um, so what, 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 Watch it, buddy. Watch it. <laughs> okay, Camille. Um, so uh, I'll ask Giselle. Giselle. Um, well, um, my first my first time in drag was when I was yeah uh, 16, and I put myself in drag. I I used to. Um, go over my cousin's house a lot, and um, she is, like, a plus-size girl, so she wore, mm-hmm. like, a size, she wore, like, a size 9 in heels, and that was the same size that I wear, so I would go to her house, and she would allow me to get her shoes and everything, and then I was so small back then, I could, mm-hmm. only, really, I could only really fit, like, little girl clothes, so I... Um, <laughs> I would get little. I got a little cute little outfit I thought was cute at the time. It was like a little jean skirt and stuff. And I got one of my mom's um, old wigs. And I had, I I got her car. And in her car she had a little makeup caboodle little thing. And I used all of her makeup. I did everything that I saw her do. Mm-hmm. And I went. I left there and I went to Club Metro and I just went up there and watched the show and. That was the first time that I was in girl clothes completely in the public. But mm. I, I think, honestly, I think I was doing drag when I was five years old because I used to watch um, What's Up Got to Do With mm-hmm. And actually, that was the first movie that I ever went to the movie theater to see. Mm-hmm. My mom took me. In. So that, that movie stuck in my head, and I would imitate Tina Turner. For my mom, I would wrap. I had an old Halloween costume that I would wrap around me, and I would tie it different ways. I would tie it to to mimic whatever she had on in the movie for different scenes. And right. I would perform for my mom, and so I think I've been. I think I've been doing drag since I was five. You've been doing drag a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, then, but then. My first time actually seeing a show mm-hmm. and really knowing what I was doing was uh, somebody pulled me into Club 3D, which is now Club In Cahoots. Okay. And I walked in and I saw the Lady Marissa performing, and I was so mesmerized by her. It was just it was just unbelievable seeing her. And then I saw Lexi Gabriel Sheraton, and I saw Aja, Tatiana. Mm-hmm. And I was—I knew instantly that that was what I wanted to do with my life. And 
from that point on, even I was in high school at the time, and I knew then there was nothing else that I wanted to do but do entertainment. Entertainment. So, um, yeah, that's it. What was what was your um your first performance? Do you remember the first song you ever performed? Yes, the first song that I ever did was "In the Midst of It All" by Yolanda. Mm-hmm. Have, have you have you performed that Have you performed that song um in the past? I'll say two to three years. I don't think that I I don't think I performed that song since that night. Oh wow! Okay. I don't think I have. And if you would like to see any any if you would like to see how Giselle looked back then, <laughs> she occasionally she occasionally pulls out the throwbacks, and it's her and Latavia, you know, aka Fantasia. That and I'm like, and I can even remember when she first came out. Like I had some DVDs. And I'm like, oh my god! Like it's just amazing to see, you know, the the you know where she was and where she is now. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Next month make um, next month makes ten years of me competing in pageants. In pageants. Um, I was the first the first pageant I ever competed in was Miss Duval Newcomer runner up to Kyla Fonte. Mm. Who who also competed the this year or the year that you won Miss Continental. Yes. Okay. Yes, she did. She did. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you so very much for that little tit- tidbit. <laughs> and, and Antoine, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> okay, for Mel. Um, so, you know, remember I said I grew up in church, so I had a lot of my church friends. Um, they were the performers at night. I was always the um, person that would go along or um, – they would ask me to dance for them here and there because they knew uh, I was a dancer. So they would, if they would need a dancer, they would ask me. But I was always the guy that, that would just go along because I hung out with them. And so um, there were people like Regina Anye and uh, Vicky Valentino. At the time, Regina was the show director and uh, Vicky Valentino was the uh, MC. So, on Monday nights, they will have this show called Talent Nights. And uh, Regina was like, Antoine, won't you do the Talent Night? And I'm like, do the what? And I'm, she was like, won't you do the Talent Night? And I was like, I am not getting on that stage. I don't know these people. So I was, I was very shy um, like that. And a lot of people that really know me know that – I'm very shy off the stage, and mm-hmm. I just become a different person on the stage. And I don't, I don't know how to explain that, but um, I'm really like that. I have this shy persona off the stage, but on the stage, I become a different person. That's one of the reasons why I can really relate to Janet and Michael Jackson, who are like my idols. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. So, I perform. In that contest, I performed Brian McKnight's One Last Cry. One Last Cry, mm. and I brought um, at the time my partner. He had this keyboard. I brought the keyboard because I remember Brian McKnight playing the keyboard. So mm-hmm. I did that particular song, and I ended up winning. And so when I won, I had to come back and I competed for the end of the month, where each week. All four winners will compete at the end of the month for uh, Ultimate. So I did Michael Jackson at that time, Remember the Time. 
So I had the dancers and everything, and I ended up winning that. So uh, that's how everything pretty much got started for me as far as performing and entertaining because I was like, you know what, this is something that I think I can do. Plus, I liked it. You know, I I enjoyed watching more so than um, doing it myself. But, you know, I, I, I came around and I said, okay, you know what, I can do this. I can do this. So I did my first uh, competition at Mr. All-American, and that is what really opened the door for me now um, mm-hmm. because that system really got the structure for me, um, and it's coming back now. So um, sure. that's how Antoine really got started. Right. You know, it's something that – let me say this. At the time, mm-hmm. the funny thing about this, at the time, Vicky Valentino, I didn't have no name because they was like, what are you going to call yourself? I didn't have no name. Mm-hmm. So they came up with Steel Impulse, Impulse. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. But then after that, when I started competing, um, when I started competing at Mr. All-American, I was like, you know what? Mm-mm. That's not going to work. <laughs> Ant- right, my name is Antoine Steel. So I've used my full name, which is my real name. I use mm-hmm. my name all the time, Antoine mm-hmm. Steel. Yeah, and I find it quite interesting. Um, I can't name everyone, but I know that a lot of the um, a lot of guys that kind of started out in the um, in the industry, you know, such as Joe Jackson or Johnny Thomas, um, just to name a few. Like I, I just you know know that a lot of the guys kind of started out just using their own their own names. You know, it wasn't like oh, let me think of something off the wall. You know, let me just why not just use my own name? So I find that interesting. Yeah. And then yeah. I I also find interesting or not well yeah I do find it interesting that you know a lot of the 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 icons the people that we deem the icons or the legends or people that we you know hold in high hold in high regard within the industry um, a lot of them actually kind of won like from my interviews that I've had I've had with you know everyone that it's like kind of like oh yeah my first show like I won it you know and it was by a whim. And then, you know, it kind of started from there. Or I was, you know, first runner up or whatever the case may be. And I just find it so interesting. It's always the ones that are, you know, the highly respected, the national title holders or whatever. A lot of them kind of started it. When they started out, they did their first show and they won. Or, you know, they did really good. And, and now look where they are. So I think that's just a testament of, you know, you know, growth and, and, and the fact that you can really do anything that you put your mind to. So um, thank you oh, guys yeah. for um, <laughs> providing me. And, and also, Antoine, let me know that tidbit on um, on your name and, and how you got that. Um, I, I do believe, you know, that in some way, you know, we're inspired by those that are either, like, near us in relationship or even – those that aren't aware or involved in our own personal space or lives. So really quickly, um, I would like, you know, for you guys to just tell me, you know, or tell us, you know, uh, or talk about your inspirations in life, you know. Um, Tell the listening audience as also the reason as to why that individual or individuals are your inspiration. So if you can just give me your inspiration or or give me the the individuals that that you are inspired by and just give me really quickly the reason why they inspire you. And I'll start with Tara Lynn. Oh, well, I started the last time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you had a long time to think about it. I knew she was going to say that. <laughs> I, think, I think the person who inspires me the most would be my pastor. Oh, wow. And the reason why I say that is because he always says that people have a tendency to forget 
that we are humans mm. and we are prone to err, but that does not make us less a Christian. And that mm. just that just inspires me because you know sometimes we do slip, and you know when we do slip, the first thing they say, "Well, you're supposed to be a Christian." Right. So don't judge me just because of that one little mistake that I may have. Right. You know, have fallen or I may have slipped or something, you know. Um, but I'm human. Mm-hmm. I have emotions. And and I think that inspires me to to put all that, the expectations that people have of me as being a Christian, that I am going to fail. And don't right. hold that against me. You know? yeah. And that, that inspires me because he just teaches that to um, the congregation. We are human, but that does not take away our salvation. Yes, we are human, but that does not take away from my salvation. I like that. Okay, so your pastor is is one of your inspirations. Okay, um, what about you, Giselle? Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to be next. I'm kind of feeling emotional thinking about that question because um, I, I, I when I think about who inspires me, I have to say my my great grandmother um, mm-hmm. really inspires me. A lot, even though she has passed on, mm-hmm. um, she was a big part of my life, and she kept me in church. And uh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're she kept fine. Kept me in church, and and um, just seeing her after she passed is really when I was when I really really got inspired because you know going through her finances and everything, and we and and we, we thought my whole family we said to ourselves. How did she do it? Mm-hmm. How was she? A- how was she able to take care of all of us and and make all of the all of the holidays so special and cook all this food and mm-hmm. and, and still manage to be able to pay the bills and you know and and, and look after her kids because I um I, I have some of my family members that that also battle with um, addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, actually, all of my grandmother's children, my great grandmother's children, battled with addiction, and she still held on to them, and she didn't put them out in the streets. And my grandmother was like a, a devout Christian, and she still loved her kids despite all of that. And so, yeah, she she really inspires me to this day. And like I I said before. She taught me a valuable lesson, and I don't—I didn't realize she was teaching me this. But she used to always say, "You never know who's going to have to hand you a glass of water." Mm. And when she, and when she left, when she passed, that saying always stuck with me, and I think that's what has kept me humble my entire life because you never know who you're going to need. You never that's know right. who this life you're going to need. And so you have to be mindful of how you treat people, and you have to be mindful of what you say to people and how you interact with people because you never know years on the line. You may need that very thing. That's right. So I really appreciate her so much for that. She still inspires me from day to day, and I still think about her all the time. All right. And what, and what was your um, great-grandmother's name? You know her name. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't know, they don't know her name. <laughs> My grandmother's name was Gladys Jewel Kyle. Yes, yes, yes. I had to ask that because our grandmother, well, her great-grandmother, but my grandmother's name was Gladys as well. So, yes, those are some powerful, inspiring women, most definitely. 
Um, but thank you so much, yeah. Giselle, for, for sharing that. And uh, I'm going to go to Natasha. Thank you. Um, wow, these are beautiful answers. Um, <laughs> I would say the person that inspires me the most is my mother. Okay. And I'm glad that I had time to a little bit of time to think about this because, mm-hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> I had to kind of dig deep a little bit to get to that answer, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of doing a, you know, a timeline back to when I was in the height of my addiction, of my drug addiction and mm-hmm. my alcoholism, you know, and when I was, you know, even stealing from her, you know, in my family, you know, to be able to, to get high and to get the things that I needed. She showed nothing but love for me. And, you know, it was a time in my life where I had little to no respect for myself. I had little to no respect for, you know, for my family and those around me. And, um, you know, and I wasn't taking care of myself. And all I cared about was, you know, where the next hit was going to come from. She was always right there, you know, and she nurtured me and she provided to me, you know, the love that I needed till I learned how to love myself enough to go out and get some help. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that's a really powerful thing, you know, because, um, you know, when I got to the rooms of recovery, you know, even though <clears throat> all those people, all the people that, that I meet in those rooms have met and, and do meet and will meet, um, you know, our stories are different are different, but we've all walked the same path, you know, right. there was, you know, it's either, <clears throat> it's either the, the people in those rooms or, you know, people like my mother who taught me how to, you know, who, who loved me, who loved me enough until I learned how to love myself enough to get right. help. So that was, you know, so she, you know, like that, that kind of love and that kind of nurturing mm-hmm. really inspired me, you know, to know, to know that somebody could, could still care about someone after having witnessed everything that I, that I did to myself and to her and to everyone else, um, you know, is very powerful to me. So, and very inspiring. So. Great. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, mother. You, you, all of your response, all of you guys' responses are, are great. And, and I can definitely understand why um, each one of you um, have those as your inspiration. So, uh, but again, thank you so very much, uh, Natasha. And last but not least, mm-hmm. Antoine. Antoine, so um, if I was listening to Giselle, Charlene, mm-hmm. uh, and Natasha, and each one of them had said uh, who, well, Giselle said her great-grandmother, but I was going to say my grandmother, um, but they all three of them said a person who I want to say, so I said, I'll tell you what, I can't just say the one, but I would mm-hmm. say all three of them because it ties into the introduction of what I said about growing up with yeah. really strong women and my pastor as my male lead, mm-hmm. um, as my male figure, that is. Um, the reason why I say that is because my my grandmother, she practically raised me. Uh, my mother was there all the time, uh, but I was a grandmother's boy, and um, my grandmother, she knew about me uh, as far as my lifestyle, where it was going, um, mm-hmm. because I dated girls as well. Um, so she, But she knew at the time where the lifestyle started transitioning. 
And so, um, but she never, ever um, stopped loving me for me. And she always told me that I would be, I am her son, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, she also was there for me as far as church because I was the one uh, in my family that went to church a lot. Um, My siblings, um, they didn't really go to church. I have two sisters, and they didn't really go to church as much. Um, I was always come hell or hot water. Um, I was always trying to uh, make it to church, whether the weather was bad or not, you know. And so she understood that. And then my pastor, um, just the things that he taught me as far as just everyday life and like Giselle was saying about treating people um, and about just empowering me as far as what I know I can do in life. Um, uh, his word is just phenomenal. I, it's, I, I just cannot um, go on and on and on about him as a teacher, not a preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, 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 I love the teaching, I mean, the preaching when I hear it, but you get me and you grab me when you, I can understand your teaching and your that's word. Right. That's right. And so um, that's why I, I just could not, <laughs> I just could not go without this. Him, my mother, and, and my aunt. And the reason why I threw my aunt in there is because a lot of times people was like always Antoine is, you know, they thought I was Mr. Goody Two-Shoe, but back in the day, I was not. I just, I was just one of those chi- uh, children that would get away with things mm-hmm. and I wouldn't get caught. But the thing where my aunt was, and this is where I say about her, she would catch me and, you know, I would get the whoopings that I needed. And I never forgot those, I would say beatings, but um, she it was a whooping to her, and those whoopings is what made me actually today who I am. The respect, I don't care who you are, the respect level, I, I can't explain that word as far as what I do, what that word means to me. And mm-hmm. she really embedded that in my soul of respecting your elders no matter who you are. And I just love her for that. And her and my grandmother, um, they have transitioned on to another life, and I will never, ever forget them um, as long as I live. All right. Your aunt, your, so you said your aunt, your grandmother, your pastor, and, and, your, and your mom. And your mom. Great, great. Mm-hmm. I love all those inspirations. Great, great, great. And I, and I like asking that question because it just allows, you know, that, that we don't, a lot of the times we don't think about who our inspirations are, you know, because we're not, we're not really asked who our inspirations are. And a lot of times people think that when you're doing such an interview like that, it's, it's about who inspires you in pageantry, but it's not even that. It's just about who inspires you in life, who inspires you and motivates you, even, whether they're here or not anymore, you know, who just inspires you in life to be a, a, a better person, who, uh, who, who makes you reflect back on life and respect the journey and, you know, and, and, and the understanding of the, or the things that you've understood growing up or, or whatever the case may be. So, like, um, I love that question because, you know, I have a lot of inspirations. I can't tell y'all all the inspirations. But, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> you know, but, but a, a lot of them is, is, is my mother, you know, for a reason, my grandmother, you know. So I really appreciate 
um, all of you just really digging deep and really taking that question really seriously because um, sometimes it can be kind of deep, but uh, it's true, you know, and a lot of us are really inspired by those that are just really in our close circle, that being our family. So I appreciate that. So for the remaining part of this interview, we now want to talk about pedantry, especially continental. So I want to jump right into that. Um, and everybody doesn't have to all answer the question. Um, it's just however you guys, you know, whoever jumps out and answers it, answers it first is fine. And if someone wants to tag in and say, hey, I, you know, I got a response for that too, um, definitely appreciate that. Uh, so let's talk about Continental. Um, what was the, because we know that all of you have participated or, you know, of course, because if you didn't participate and compete, you wouldn't be the reigning title holders. But um, <laughs> if you could tell me, if you, yeah, somebody, we just gave you the title without even competing. But, no, like, seriously, like, what do you remember or what was the first preliminary that you ever entered? This is the question. What's the first preliminary that you ever entered into, you know, any continental division or whatever, and did you win or not, and did you even go to the national competition? That's, those are the three questions. What was the preliminary? Did you place, and did you go to national? Anybody can, I'm not going to pinpoint. <laughs> well, I, 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 go I, ahead. Go ahead, Giselle. Uh, my, my first uh, preliminary, well, the first preliminary that I represented was New York, New York Continental. I did mm. not compete. I was appointed um, by Gustavo and Jeanette Valentino. Okay. Um, the next time I competed for Continental, I did win my preliminary, which was Virginia Icon Continental. Um, actually, I I won every every time I did a Continental prelim, I won. I did Virginia Icon, I did All-Star twice, and I did North Carolina, Carolina Continental last year. And what was the what was the rest of the question? Uh, um, well, the, the, it was basically like, what was the, yeah, did you go to the national your first? You told oh, yes, me that. Yes, I, I did go to the nationals every time. Yes. Okay. Good. 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 Um. So yeah, that was that was a question for you. Who else? You know, what was your first preliminary? Um. Yeah, my first one was uh, Dream Boy, um, okay. Antonio King, the promoter. Antonio. So yeah, yeah. Um, I. That was my first prelim. Um, I entered. There were, I think, at the time, I want to say eight guys in the prelim. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was eight of us. I was actually first runner up to Kyle Haggerty. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'm about to say toward that is nothing, not a knock toward Kyle, but it's just a testimony that if you do not win for those who are listening and getting ready mm-hmm. for your prelim, if you do not win, just believe in yourself, get yourself together, and go to the Nationals. Mm-hmm. So, And that's what I did. Um, I went to the Nationals. I end up being second runner-up. That was the year Rashawn won. And Kyle, he made the 12, but he didn't make the 5. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's not a knock towards oh, Kyle. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, just a... For people who, because people think that you have to win, and mm-hmm. if you don't win, that you know when you get to the nationals, you're not going to have a chance there. So I just want them to know that you know just to throw that throw that out there. But yeah, um, I did uh, Mr. Dream Boy, and I was first runner up, and then I went on to the nationals, and um, and I placed uh, second runner up to Rashawn. 
Yeah, I, um, I'm glad you, you said that in regards to preliminaries and not being discouraged. Something that I, I've learned just by watching pageantry, being a part of pageantry, um, and something that I've learned from Natasha Braxton when she was going to US of A, um, for, I think she went like four or five times and I would go with her every year, was that mm-hmm. um, for her it, it was no longer about I got to win this preliminary. It was about mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. I want to go to this pageant and I want to win this pageant. But in order for me to go and win, you know, to, to go to the Nationals and win, I have to get my ticket. So at the end of the day, all I want to do is get my ticket, you know. And I, and I just want people to, like you said, really have that in their minds that I'm just going, if this is something that you really want to become, the preliminary is your, is, is your, is your ticket, you know, that, that, that's your boarding path for you to go to nationals or whatever. And also be, um, get, become groomed by that, that, or not necessarily groomed, but maybe get some pointers from that preliminary owner or whatever the case may be, and then, and, and then take your ticket on the nationals and see what happens. Because I can remember um, Nicole Love Dupree went to Virginia Icon, got first runner-up, to Jasmine International, yep. and yep. then won sure, yeah. Miss Continental in 2007. Yep. Sure, you see yeah. what I'm saying? I can remember going to Black, you know, Black Universe. I can remember Aja and Neandra getting first runner-up at Atlanta Universe and then going to Black Universe and winning the pageant together. You know, those are things that mm-hmm. kind of stuck out in my mind. So I'm glad you brought that up. Like, the preliminary is the preliminary. It's to qualify, to qualify you to go to the Nationals. So I'm glad you brought that up in, in regards to never giving up because you never know how it's going to play out in the end. So really, and you know what? That. Just, to, just to say also, that happened to me last year. I was first runner up to, uh, no, I won against Michael Valentine at the prelim. He was there, mm-hmm. and, um, and he was first runner up. We get to the Nationals. He wins the mm-hmm. Nationals, and I, I made top five, but he won the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And, look, he crowned me this year. So just, you know, just people are listening, just First of all, have that faith that it can happen, mm-hmm. and if you have that, I am a true testimony that that will get you along the way. Most let me let me let me add on to that. Yeah. Yes. Like I I I, um, I, I agree with what both of you said. However, I did win all my preliminary. <laughs> 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 No, I'm not saying it like that. No, no. But I did win every time I competed in a continental preliminary. But there were several times that I didn't make the top twelve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went, I went in, I went in as Miss All Star Continental. I had a promo in the middle of the book. Everything. I did not make the top twelve. I did not make the top twelve the year that Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington won. I did not make the top twelve. So just because you don't make the top twelve, don't get discouraged either. You can you can prepare for the pageant and think you're doing everything that you yeah. want to do, and you think everything is right, and you don't make it. But I never got discouraged. And a lot of people think that I won, cutting them like on my second try, but I actually did the pageant five times, and two mm-hmm. times I did not make the top twelve, and three times I did. I made the top twelve my very first time, then I went back. I didn't make it, then I went back again, and I didn't make it again. And then I finally made it again when Tiffany um, Hunter won, but I never made the top five. And this was my yeah. this year was my first time making the top five. So all of that goes together. It all the message. Yeah. Is don't give up. Don't yeah. Give up mm-hmm. yeah that's man. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I, I'm coming to you, Natasha, and and, and Carolyn. I promise. And and I okay, just want no I, I just wanted to add on with the whole no no. 
I think in pageantry, you know, I, there's something that everyone knows that I'm passionate about, and sometimes some things I want to say, but sometimes, like, you know what, I'm just going to talk to deaf ears, and I just don't feel like doing it. But I, I, I have to say, like, it, you have to surround yourself with positive people, but also people that are going to tell you the truth in this industry, in this game, or whatever you whatever you want to call it. And especially when it is your dream, it is your desire. And look at it from a, a corporate perspective or your career outside of. When you want something, you're not always going to hear the word yes. There's been many times we have put in job applications or resumes or whatever the case may be and have not gotten the job for whatever the, for whatever the reason because there's other applicants. You know, so look at it that way, you know, but if you know you need, just like you need that money, you need, you need a stable income, for your fulfillment in pageantry, you need or, or you desire to have that title, then it is for you to continue to keep moving forward. Sometimes it may not be for you to be Miss Continental right now. You may have to go down the street and be something else and, and, and be very good at that. And then that particular patent system grooms you to come back around, so therefore you are prepared in the event that you do win that particular title in that particular year. So what I've always seen is people get um, get um, swayed by the people that are in their camp. When it's your dream or when it's your desire or your goal, remember that it's yours. And when you when you get to the point of you having to reign, guess who's reigning? You and not them. You. <laughs> you know, so that it's, yep. it's it, you know, I can talk, I can talk about that till I'm blue in the face, but it's very important that people understand that, and I think that is something that is that that is a detriment to our Patrick community. Why sometimes we're seeing these numbers up and down because we're not we're not go we're not go getters. We're not going after what we want because we're listening to the wrong people. You know, so mm-hmm. I just you know I charge and challenge people to go ahead. No, I just was agreeing with you. I said, so yeah, I mean, just just go. Go at it. I mean, if you want it, go and do it. So anyway, um, that's that's enough for my feature for today. But Natasha, what about you? <laughs> um, what, was your first pre- what was your first preliminary? <clears throat> what did you place? Did you go to national? I am so happy that this conversation has gone this direction because um, I have something to add on that too later. Go ahead. My first preliminary was Miss Chicago Continental Plus 2014. I won um, against one other <clears throat> contestant, um, a very good friend of mine, Dean Calloway, mm-hmm. who's actually coming back again this year to compete. Okay. And I did go to nationals, and I placed top 12 my first year. Okay. And then I came back the next year, and I competed in Miss Illinois Continental Plus, and I won um, against um, Giselle's mother, Nikki Diamond Simone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely adore her, and if she's listening, congratulations, Nikki, on Miss uh, Sweetheart International Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then I went to nationals, and I made the top five. Then last year was the year that kind of um, was a shift for me in preliminaries, you know. And again, <laughs> this is kind of to this is kind of to um, you know Antoine's original point, you know, about like kind of like the politics of it. Yeah. I went in with this. I went into into it with this mentality that I had to win, you know. And I did Heart of America, um, and I placed second runner up. And I was so devastated because I didn't win the preliminary because I was on this. I was on this roll, you know. And I'm a very I'm I'm an I'm an extremely um, determined person, you know. And <clears throat> then I went to Ohio to Lawrence Barr, and I got second runner-up again. Mm-hmm. 
And <clears throat> but you know, and I was qualified the first time, but I again I was in this mentality that I had to win. And all and I already I already I already had my ticket to nationals, but <clears throat> I'm glad that I did it because it brought me to Lawrence, who is one of the most kindest, uh, gentlest, and one of the most giving people that I've ever met. And mm-hmm. um, and then I went to nationals, and now I'm getting ready to give up my 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 title in a couple months. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, just like in you know to Antoine's original point, you do not have to win a preliminary. You know, okay. I was second runner up twice, and then mm-hmm. I I went and I won nationals. You don't even have to be. You don't have to win. You don't even have to be first runner-up. You can be second runner-up, or you just have to qualify. Yeah. It doesn't matter what place you got. Just You're get the boarding pass. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that problem is with this new group that we have coming out, it's mm-hmm. very important that they have that position as to be the current reigning. They mm-hmm. don't want right. to go as a first runner-up or a second runner-up. They want to be Miss whatever to represent whatever preliminary. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that's where um, we lose a lot of contestants, you know, because because I didn't win, I'm not going to go. Right, right, right. And so it's kind of like, how do you how do how do you how do you speak to that contestant? And that, that's a good question. Um, just come to Tara Lynn, since we're going to um, get your your history as far as content is concerned. But I, I want to ask you, like, how do you speak to that contestant that? That that compete is competing for a preliminary for continental elite. Oh, okay, I didn't win the pageant. I got first or whatever. Or let's not even say that. Let's say I got second. I got second runner up. The preliminary promoter is willing to send me to continental as a representative or whatever. But girl, I didn't win, honey. I didn't. I didn't get first. I don't want to go. So how do how do you speak to that contestant or or what what how how does, how does that conversation go from your perspective? I'm supposed to answer that? Am I supposed to go? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I would have to say this for the contestants is that, you know, not important that you, you know, win this competition. What's important is what you should have the desire is to have a ticket to go to Continental. That's mm-hmm. basically what a preliminary is for, is to qualify you to compete at national. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think some of them have this misconception that if I went, I will get more. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, mm-hmm. as a current training That's a good one to learn. Mm-hmm. So that uh-huh. is depending on the because there's a such thing they already they have to pay the um, entrance fee, the place to get there, and the travel expenses. Anything else is going to be added. Right. That's up to the promoter. And he uh-huh. does not have to do that, or she does uh-huh. not have to do that. Exactly. And that's very important that people know that that is a a, a promote or a promoter or preliminary promoter is not a sponsor. They are a promoter. Right. You have to know the difference between the two. A sponsor is the one that really is going to shell out the coins, but a promote a promoter is contractually obligated by the national office to do certain things for that winner, that representative, or the alternate. And people have to, to and, and, and know that. Exactly. Anything else is a bonus. Right. Mm-hmm. We call that playing you up in New Orleans. Yeah. Because remember, it's your dream, not theirs. Um, so, Carolyn. I mentioned that in interviews uh-huh. this year, I was asked a few questions about, you know, my experience with promoters or mm-hmm. my particular promoter. And like I told the judges, 
you know, yeah, you sometimes you want this and you want that from them, but when you don't get this and that, at the end of the day, I want to be Miss Continental. So right. I had no problem with getting myself there and putting mm-hmm. myself in a hotel room because at the end of the day, it wasn't my prom- my promoter. It's not going to be Miss Continental. I That's am. right. So I had no problem with doing it. So a lot of people that compete for pageants, whether you win the preliminary, whether you get second or not, like you said earlier, Michael, uh, it's about getting your ticket. Yeah. You should prepare for the pageant. You mm-hmm. should be spending mm-hmm. your money to get ready for this pageant because it's your dream. That's right. That's right. I hope y'all are listening out there. <laughs> I love you. We all love you. But at the same time, this is not – I never, ever want my interviews, especially surrounding, you know, Continental or pageantry or whatever, you know, to be cookie-cutter interviews. I want it to be, you know, real honest and true. And anyone that's ever been on my show has always kind of said, hey, this is what it is, you know. And I think if more people are being honest and upfront with each other, our peers and those that are interested in the concepts that we're a part of, you know, people can have a better understanding and, and won't want to get on Facebook or social media and read every time. Because remember, this is your dream. This is what you want to do. And the same person that oh, you want to bash the system, it's three years down the line or sometimes two years down the line, you're back at another preliminary. So come on, people, let's get it together. Understand that it's your dream. It's a business, you know. Yeah. It's a business. And, it is. And you, like, we as entertainers have to build our own brand, so we have to that's invest right. in our brand. That's right. You know, you know, whether that's, you know, like investing in a pageant or investing in costumes mm-hmm. or investing in, um, you know, T-shirts to sell to make more money, we have to invest mm-hmm. in our brand. And um, and gonna, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, and you're not going to always get back what you put in. That's something that you have to go into it knowing already. Okay, I'm going to invest more into this than what I want to get back because honestly, the money that you get when you go to a preliminary or it's basically just like a it's a token of love. It's not. To, right. It's not. It's not to replace back what you spent to look like the national representative. So mm-hmm. keep that out your head too. You know, you are here to do a job, and you signed up for it, and you're going to spend money, and hopefully that hopefully you have the revenue, and 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 maybe people that can help you. You know, with wardrobe and 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 travel sometimes, getting places, you know, it's just, it's a lot. It's, it's a real job, and it's hard. It's not easy. That's true. That That is true. Um, oh, but Tara Lynn, before I get to my other question, Tara Lynn, uh, pre- mm-hmm. preliminary, what was your first preliminary? My first preliminary was um, Tennessee Continental. Okay. And I did go to National, and I did make the top 12. And then the second time I went, I think I was Venus Continental, and I didn't make the top twelve. I think that was the year that Paris went, and that was my last time at Continental. The year that no, Michelle oh. Dupre. That okay. Was my last time at um, Continental when Michelle Dupre was. Okay. And I didn't make the top twelve when she was there. Yeah, and someone. Oh wow. Time, Oh my God! 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 Oh my
you know, someone inboxed me. I'm not going to tell you who, but someone inboxed me, um, and they said uh, it, it was. A, I guess it was a, a conversation they had before um, way prior. I think it was like sometime last month. And it says, "Good question." This is the response. It says, "Good question." I actually had this discussion with a friend yesterday. I'm reading it directly from my inbox. It said, promoters are your entry to nationals through prelims. Promoters should be there to support you and help back you up. A sponsor is usually one or more people who give you money or gifts to help you reach the goals you need financially. Together, you, your team, your sponsors, and your promoter build the package or package ideas you need to succeed. I like that. I love that. I'd like and that. to add on to that. That's Michael. a winning answer right there. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. And to, add, to add on to that, Michael, it is very important that you read your contract or whatever you have to sign because nine times out of ten, the promoter of that pageant, they have all of the information down for you. Mm-hmm. So. You, you, there's no not, oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know what I was going to win or what I'm going to get. Most of the time, they have that for you to read. I was so happy to win my prelim this past year. I didn't even know. Uh, I forgot that I got money at the uh, national. You know, mm-hmm. I was just so eager to qualify because I was just ready to get ready for the nationals, you know. And I got to the, uh, got to the pageant. And my promoter, Bill and Earring, they was like, okay, here's your envelope for this, and then here's your envelope for that. And I'm like, what is this for? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you forgot you get um, $500 when you get to the Nationals? I said, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> so <laughs> I totally forgot that I had yeah. money, you know, for that. So I'm like, yeah, you have to read. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Let me ask you, um, uh, I always ask about misconceptions, and so I'm not going to ask him what are the misconceptions, even though it was on my list, um, but for sake of time, you know, I'm not going to ask about the misconceptions of you. And that's for some reason that always trips people up. Like, they're like, oh, but I don't know what, the, you know, people, what misconceptions people may have of me. And you very well may not, but I know what people, the misconceptions people have of me, you know. But, you know, some most people are like, oh, I don't know what they have. I'm like, girl, you're lying. But. The, the 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 question that I want to ask you all, still in, in reference to misconceptions, is um, what do you feel is the biggest misconception either about competing for a continental pageant or reigning as a continental title holder? Mm. In your in your mind, Ooh. what do you feel is the biggest? Yeah, this is a question, Jim Flint. This is a question for this year. What do you <laughs> what do you feel is the biggest misconception either about competing for a continental pageant? Or reign as a continental title holder. Anybody? I'll say the compete. Okay. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Is that Giselle? Oh, it's go Natasha. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Natasha. Go, 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 go ahead. Natasha and her deep voice. <laughs> One of the biggest. Right. I I just want to answer what came right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And. The two biggest misconceptions of of winning, um, you know, a national of winning a national title that mm-hmm. I have heard even from you know from all the the national judges is gown and talent. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't like, and you know, I have seen gowns that <clears throat> you know cost you know five thousand dollars plus. 
not you know not make it to the top five, not make it to the top twelve, you know, and and uh, contestants out there, you know, wearing gowns that um, sometimes they have made or they have only paid you know a fraction of that price for winning gowns, you know, and had, and having had stoned it or embellished it themselves, and you know, because what you know the 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 most important thing about a gown is the fit. Yeah. You know, every everything else is just kind of like a bonus, you know, just kind of like I said, you know, like we were talking about the promoters, you know, but with the gown, everything else is, you know, kind of like a bonus, in, at least in Continental. Right. You know, the I have been told the most important thing is the fit. And, um, and also talent, you know, some contestants think that you have to have 16 dancers out there with you and, you know, this huge production. And, you know, and I tell them, um, you have two reigning title holders in the court right now that went out there by themselves, Giselle and Tara Lynn. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, you know, like I'm, <clears throat> I chose to have dancers and do a, do a production because that is just the route that I went. And that represents who I am as an entertainer. And, and, and it was, so, and it supported my vision mm-hmm. as, you know, as far as where my talent was going, but you had Giselle Barbie Royale and this Tara Lynn Fox out there. Barbie, you know, she was singing her her butt off, and Carolyn was impersonating. I mean, it was the most, and they were phenomenal performances. You know, and some of the, you know, some of the most, um, some of the most recognized and historical talents have been a lot of a lot of them have been uh, contestants out there by themselves. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have a big production. That's that's my take on it. So, and and I'm and I, I just want to stop there, and I, you know, everybody else can respond, but. I mean, it's very—it's just very important. I feel in pageantry it doesn't have to be continental or whatever, but just it's, when people say do your research, do your research, and when you do your research, do your research. And a part of that, as it relates to continental, is just like what you said. There have been entertainers or title holders that have won just by themselves. There have been entertainers that have won with a slew of dancers, you know. Um, and I'm—I'm I'm trying to word this the best way I know how, <laughs> um, as it relates to judges. Um, because of course, you know, I, I sit on the, you know, I was talking with the continental promoter a while back. I can't tell you, tell you who their resume is, but we're very close. And uh, we were talking, we were always talking. And um, I said, you know, what kills me is that people think, oh, they're, the judges are looking for this type of person or that type of person. And when I said what I said, the promoter was like, wow, you nailed it. I said, the judges don't know what they're looking for until they see it. You know, like they know as far as the as far as the, the criteria and what's on that score sheet or whatever. You know, but as far as uh, as far as the winner or the high score or whatever the case may be, we don't know until you show it. Show us. You know, it's not that we're looking for. She, you know, what is a what is a Miss Continental? You know, of course, in years past, maybe you had an idea of what a Miss Continental is, but of, over the course of time, things have changed. You know, the, the, the aesthetic or the look or the whatever style has changed. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, look at, you look at someone like a Sasha Kobe. I, I, I always use her, you know, like a Sasha Kobe. That's someone that, you know, has, is full of entertainment value and, and, and wicked beauty and all that kind of stuff. But it's not some, something that people would say, oh, that's a Miss Continental. But it's not about you're this type of, you know, you're a miscontinental, you look like a miscontinental. It's really about what you present, you know, on that particular stage that awards you the title of miscontinental. It's not about a look. 
You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. we, we definitely want you to be, you know, looking, you know, nice and presentable and, you know, complete look and everything, you know, it's cohesive and beautiful and all of that. But it's not this. I don't, I don't believe, just in my mind of, of researching and being a part of Susan for a while, I don't, there's not a Miss Continental. Like, every, every young lady that has won Miss Continental, every young man that has won Mr. Continental has deserved it, has deserved it because of what they presented on that particular night and the person that they embody just respectfully, you know, you know, just who they are as a person, you know, and so all, all that kind of embodies who, who they are and everybody is their own person, you know, so, you know, yeah. I think, you know, that's the whole thing, but yeah, you know, what, what you said, Natasha was, was, was spot on. So I appreciate that. Anybody else, you know, what do you think is a, a misconception? I, 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 I think one of the biggest, for me, one of them, I, there's several misconceptions about continental. Mm-hmm. One that I've been hearing for years since I was, <laughs> Young is people think there's there's a certain criteria or a certain look or mold mm-hmm. of continent. I've heard mm-hmm. so many people. I've heard people that haven't even won the pageants saying, "Oh, it's a black girl year, or it's a white girl uh, right." Year, or mm-hmm. That that really kills me because I have contestants now that have came to me. And say, you know what? Well, I'm not going to compete this year because you know they told me that they told me it's, this year it's going to be a white girl or this year it's going to be a Spanish girl. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that crazy? You mm. cannot, you cannot go in with that mindset. You going in defeated. Exactly, you going in defeated. And and I think that you you girls that are competing, guys that are competing, you cannot, you just can't think like that. I competed for that pageant five times. I competed against people that I knew that I couldn't be. Really, I mean, I knew the year that I competed against Alexis that I wasn't prepared to win against Alexis, you know, or my first year, but I went. I went, and I went, and I didn't give I didn't. I never gave up. I never went to the pageant thinking, oh, it's a, it's a, this race year, this this race year, this year, you know, oh, it's not gonna. I can, I I just don't get that. But um, another thing also too is, like you said earlier, Micah, like the people that are around you. And right. Not many people know this, but I lost out on six months of preparation because of what someone said to me, and I can't really get into detail mm-hmm. like as to who it was, right, right. you know, but, but the whole story was so ironic how it happened, but I was I was told that a judge didn't like me, mm-hmm. and I was so heartbroken because, honestly, the day after Tiffany won, I started to prepare for the pageant for the next year. Mm-hmm. I was so excited and amped up about it. And when I was told that this particular judge didn't like me, I was just like, "What? I, I didn't. Even, I, I really didn't even know the individual. Like mm-hmm. for them to for them not to like me. And I promise you, for for almost six months, I was like, "Oh, I'm not doing the pageant. I'm not doing the pageant. I'm not doing the pageant." Until I had to wake up. Thank God, I have someone like Rick Finn in my corner, you know, honestly, he's a big, big, big part of the reason why I am Miss Continental, and he keeps me grounded and keeps me level-headed, and he he really talked me back into it when I really thought about it, and, and before the pageant, before the pageant, ironically, this particular judge came to me and said, I'm so glad I, I got to know you. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I got to 
supposed to be around you. And I never, I never say anything to them about it. I never mentioned it to them, never mm-hmm. said anything. I just stepped out on faith, and I did the pageant anyway because the cars were going to fall. Yeah, fall. that's one, right. One thing about competing and pageantry, when it's for you, it's it for you. It is for you. Amen. Away from you. I always say when the stars align, there's, there's, no, there's no breaking it. When the stars align, it, it is what it is, and, and you just know that it, moment it, it, was meant for that person. Know that, and I—I I know my moment was meant for me. Just, just having little moments that happened to me throughout that whole weekend. Little moments that I shared with Carol Lynn. Little moments that I shared with Natasha. Little people don't know when I was rehearsing my talent final night. You know, I had bell palsy, and mm-hmm. I, I will never forget Natasha and Carol Lynn pulling me to the side of the stage and. They said some encouraging words to me. Nobody saw it but us. And they said mm-hmm. some encouraging words to me. They didn't know that I was going to be reigning with them. You know, I, I remember having, you know, certain eye contacts with Antoine, you know, before I won. Just, it, it was just, it was all a lie and it was all meant to be. It stayed. I call that divine order. Divine yeah. order. Divine order. Divine order. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to share this, uh, what I'm about to say, um, but Giselle had uh, said it really. Um, you have to you have to watch what you see online because a lot of times people is on this Facebook, mm-hmm. and then they're once again, Michael, they're. Friends are telling them this, or the passion mm-hmm. is for this person, and the passion is for that person. Now, mind you, this so-called vet in, you know, competing, mm-hmm. and I won my prelim, so I had got to, I had got so fed up on what my eyes were seeing. Now, mind you, once again, this is the person of faith. And sometimes you have got to watch it because now my spiritual side is really kicking in. But the devil will throw things out at you and make you see something totally opposite. Mm-hmm. So I got so fed up. Uh, on, on my only the people that really know this uh, are people that were really close to me. And I told them I'm about to call my promoter. I'm about to tell them I'm giving them the prize money back. I'm giving them the sash back, and I'm not doing the pageant. I'm just going to stick with my other career and be done with it because I'm tired of it. I just can't do it no more. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not playing no politics games. I'm not doing none of that. And I called my promoter, too, one of them anyway. I called him, and I said, I just can't do it, you know, and I gave my reasons why. And it was just things of what I was thinking I saw. Of course, it was right. there in black and white. Right. And I did see it. However, the perception of it was just that. It was mm-hmm. a perception. Right. And so I told my promoter, and he was like, it's fine. No, don't do that. Just think about it. I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to pray about it tonight, and I will call you first thing in the morning, and I will let you know what I decide. Mm-hmm. So... Of course, I started thinking, I prayed about it, and I was like, you know, people have already invested in me. I've already invested money, my own money into it. I've already invested rehearsals time. I just invested already because 
I, that's just how I pre- uh, prepare. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to do it. And, um, and I'm so glad that I did. And I want people that are thinking about competing, please do not go on what you see. Right, and I'm only saying Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, or what you think you hear, if the pageant is for this person or if it's for that person, because that would, what if I would have given into my emotions? And that's why I look at them now, and I say my emotions. What if I would have given into that and not did Continental? And I never thought, I've talked, I talked to my boss, Mr. Flint, several times, and he's shared that with me. A lot of people thought that it was going to be for this person or for this person, Antoine, and I just don't do that. You mm-hmm. won that night, and you won. Right. But he did not know what I was going through at the time. Right. That I was one of those. Or I was one of those people thinking that. It was for somebody else, right. for this, even though I I know that I'm a strong competitor. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get weak or sometimes you you just start thinking about what you see. And you're like, you know what? Forget all of that. I don't want to be bothered with that. Just just throw in the towel. Well, I, I think, I, was, I, I think, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think no matter if no, you are, okay. I don't, I don't. I think it doesn't matter if because because it's it's evident. Like it doesn't like with Giselle and, and yourself. Um, just having those emotions and having those thoughts and thinking about, hey, I, I may not do this or whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter how long you have been in this industry, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been in twenty years, twenty thirty years. It doesn't matter. You're human, so you're you're you're, you're going you're 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 going to have those things where you have to fight through it all. And something that I've always mm-hmm. learned, and I always try to import whatever, you know, is that you just have to take charge of, you have to take charge of your career, whether that be on stage or off the stage, take charge of you, be responsible for you. And, but also, when I say take charge of your career, if you, if there's something there that is going on that you see, get clarity of it. You know what I'm saying? Get, get some type of clarity and get it from the right people. You know, some people want to, oh, talk to their good girlfriends. I think this is going on. And, and then that goes from that person to this person or whatever. I like to go to the source, you know, and sometimes I know with Continental and having been in interviews before and having talked to these promoters and whatever, they really, I know that, that Jim and, and Skip and all of them, like they really appreciate people coming, you know, these contestants coming to them and saying, hey, this is what I'm experiencing, you know, whether it be from a, pro- a promoter perspective or whatever, this is, you know, they, they'd like to have some type of insight, you know, we can't dispel all the rumors in America, you know, because people are going to talk regardless, but I just think that, you know, that it's just a testament that no matter how many times you've competed, no matter how many times you've been doing pageants, that you are going to be sometimes that, that human, because we're human, we kind of give into that, but with all of what has been said tonight, it is for, you know, people out there that wanted to compete for whatever pageant that you set, you have to stay true to what you want to do and understand that the stars will align when, however they align, divine order, you know, fate, whatever, the, whatever you want to, however you want to explain it, it's going to happen, you know, if, if it's really meant for you. And you'll know that, you know, once you of course, of course. do what you need to do or whatever. So, you know, I, and I think that's, a, that's another reason why the numbers are down. You know, I like fun pageantry. I like, you know, I like quality contestants, but I also like to see a fair number of, 
of you know pedos, and I don't want to hear anything about the economy. You know, I don't want to hear that 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 oh, answer is so that, that, that yeah that answer is is dead beat down or whatever. You know, so no, I think it's just it's it's certain people you're allowed to get in your ear. You know, never allow somebody to deter you from your dream. So I'll I'll leave, I'll leave that that. Um, anyone else want to say anything about misconceptions, Tara Lynn or um, Natasha? Before I go to the last few questions, which are really quick. I think everybody basically covered, but I wanted to say anyway, you know, about the the misconception of they're not going to crown another black girl this year. Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, but how do you, how do you, because someone got into their ear and placed that seed into their brain, how do you get in it to get that bad seed out? I think I think that they I think that the individual has to believe in themselves. Believing in yourself. If you don't believe it, then you can't convince nobody else of it. Right. Yes. And then turn in this is one of the things that I'm doing to contestants today. I build I look at their strong points and their weak points. And I really want to say this contestant's name, but I really can't. Um, But I had to walk through every category with him. And he's like, oh, my God, it's fine. I didn't really realize that. And I'm like, yes, you may be new, but he could not believe the – Category because you have to remember if you do your strong points or you do you, it, it, nobody can stop you unless mm-hmm. you stop yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to let the judges do their job and you do your job. Right. And and so I build I, them up. Yeah. I, and, and and I like that. And I, I like what you said, Antoine, in regards to you know, kind of going back, like you said in your in your question too. Uh, or your response was kind of going back to who you are and also with Giselle, you know, tapping back into what she truly has. It's, even though she's a phenomenal performer, entertainer, can captivate you, she returned back to her true art, you know, and that being her, her vocal, her, her, her singing ability, you know. And I've seen it time and time again where I'll see a person doing a certain type of talent. I'm like, but you are a dancer. Why are you doing this? Or you're a singer, but why are you doing this? You know, sometimes you have to strip it all down, you know, Let me and, 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 and go back to ground zero and, and build yourself back up. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's so true because, because, believe it or not, at that time that I competed for the pageant, I, 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 I take lip sync very seriously. And it's something that I enjoy. I, I do enjoy entertaining. But I really did not have that ability that weekend mm-hmm. because the whole right side of my face was paralyzed. So I could not captivate an audience like I would normally do. Right. And, so, mm-hmm. and I, I kept saying to myself, if I can just get through preliminary night, I don't have to worry about the theatrics of my facial expressions because right. all I have to do is sing. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, 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 you do have to strip it all down and go back to what you do best. <clears throat> That's right. It, it, 
it could be something that I you like that. Doing, mm-hmm. it, it could be something that you used to do in elementary school that you did well, mm-hmm. and you just kind of put it mm-hmm. to the side. Go back to that and and kind of try to put that into what you do now and mm-hmm. come up come up with something. And a lot of times, too, entertainment has become so. Uh, not rehearsed, but it, it's so robotic almost. Like you can just type in somebody and you can just so many replicas of the same thing. Now, try to be different. Try to do something outside of the box, but also keep it in the lanes of pageantry because sometimes people try to go too outside the box. That's very true. Love it. Love it. 
Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. What about you, Natasha? Um, what did you enjoy oh, the most about raining agree. and traveling? <clears throat> I have to agree 100%. It was definitely the people. Okay. The people, not only not only the people meeting, not only meeting the people at the continental events, mm-hmm. but also meeting people, um, you know, at the national walks mm-hmm. and representing mm-hmm. our brand across the country at these other systems and uniting, you know, and you know, being able to unite and, and to make friends with other people in the industry. And just like Carolyn said, you know, being capable of reigning, you know, and, um, and, you know, walking away from, you know, a situation, you mm-hmm. know, knowing that, you know, I represented myself to the best of my ability right. and, <clears throat> um, you know, leaving something in the hearts of people, you know, okay. everywhere that I went. Good. And Good. um, you know, and taking and taking a little taking a little bit of each city and each culture of drag or female impersonation from that city with me. Okay. And I'm going I'm going to carry that and cherish that uh for the you know, yeah. next to my heart for the rest of my life. Thank you. I love that. That's a great response. Love it. And Antoine and Giselle, really, really quickly, what are you most excited for as your preliminary season really starts to get heavily underway? Real quick. Okay, well, for me, um, it's the respect. Mm-hmm. The respect that you get being Miss Continental, it is unbelievable. The moment that crown is put on your head, the level of respect that you get from so many people around the country, it is mind-blowing and I'm so excited. I am willing and anxious to do any and everything that I can do in my power to be one of the best Miss Continentals that I can be in the next seven months that I have left. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And, Antoine, real quick, you got about 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to get out there and show the different levels of entertainment um, that I have in store for Everybody, um, uh, sometimes people think that I, I, I wear a lot of suits or I don't show sex appeal or whatever, but believe me, there, are, there is a lot in store. So oh, come wow. on out to these prelims and, um, and see what you got great. going on. <laughs> yes, that thank is correct. You. Thank you again. Um, you guys stay on the line, but, again, thank you so very much. Um, but I want to say uh, congratulations to Tara Lynn as well as Natasha on a wonderful rain. I hope to see you guys in April. Thank you, my love. Um, and I'm excited to see uh, the preliminaries that are coming up for Giselle and Antoine. But you guys, just stay, hold tight for me. I'm going to play the closing. And, guys, you know, tune back into the talk with Mike and never know who's going to be on next. Well, you guys, that's actually it for tonight's episode. I would first like to thank the Continental family for gracing us this evening with their presence and to give us a little insight on their beginning, their respective journeys, and their current reigns as the faces of the Continental Patriot system. I want to wish each and every one of them the very best of luck on the remaining part of their reign. Also, thank you to each and every one of you that listened live by phone, tablet, or computer. We certainly appreciate you. Also, thank you to those that will have listened via the post-show recording. Thanks for your support. Now, if you would like to compete for any of the Continental Patentry Divisions or purchase a Continental Preliminary, please make sure to visit the Continental Facebook page or by simply visiting www.thebatonshowlounge.com. Again, that's www.thebatonshowlounge.com and click on the Continental tab at the very top of the webpage. And there you will find all the information that you will need. Now, as always, I like to leave you all with a quote of the week. 
So here's this week's quote. Some people don't like you simply because your strength reminds them of their weakness. Don't let their mediocrity stop your progress. Again, some people don't like you simply because your strength reminds them of their weakness. Don't let their mediocrity stop your progress. Until next time, everyone be blessed.